What's up, Gang Cotton Nation? Tasha, I want to make a hit checking in. And you're about to hear the show presented by Express Suns Rooms of Columbia. Spurs up. Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Touchdown, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! Can you believe it? Gamecocks have won this game! Here are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. I'll watch him celebrate now! Bill Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losing. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you joined Doug Dynasty. All right, greetings and good morning and happy Valentine's Day. Welcome aboard Inside the Gamecocks, the show. J.C. Sherbert, Phil Molinax, and myself, J.B., live from our Valentine's Day Sinorama Studios on this February the 14th, only now a couple of days away from the first pitch of the 2023 Division I college baseball season. And to continue to usher that in, we'll be joined in just a little while by assistant head coach, Monty Lee, and we cannot wait to get him in because Carolina is looking to turn the page this season. Our coverage of Carolina baseball will continue throughout the week, and I've got a gut feeling some of you will cry with us on Friday once we kind of uh, roll out what we're planning to roll out for Carolina baseball season, including an elite lineup of guests. I will call it first round Friday if that gives you any hints as to what may be coming uh, your way. What's coming your way today, in addition to Monty Lee, there is a new crystal ball uh, made by, I would call him a friend of the program, our program, Tony Morrell, uh, JC's counterpart or uh, partner, I would say, with the uh, the Big Spur. And I've got, I just launched a question just a minute ago. I'm going to ask all of you to please engage as much as you can in honor of Valentine's Day. What Carolina athlete have you loved watching play the most? It can be any sport, and it can be multiple, and we will read those on the air. I'm sure everybody here has one or two or more. Signorama is the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics, and if you're anywhere around campus, you've seen their work. It is excellent work. There is no doubt about that. They can handle everything from design, production, install, and the service is what's best because a lot of people don't give that to you after the sale is done. They do. That's why they have built their business to elite status. 803-407-9284, Sinorama in Columbia, South Carolina, Gamecock, 
owned and operated proud supporters of the University of South Carolina. Don't forget, if you need a vehicle wrapped, which my friend Tristan does, and I forgot to text him back yesterday. Sorry, dude, if you're listening or watching, I'll get back with you after the program today. Uh, make sure you give those guys a call. Banners, indoors, outdoors, you name it, Sinorama. They are your home for everything in that industry. JC, Phil, do you uh, – first of all, happy Valentine's Day. Do you all have a – who's your favorite – that's a hard question, and you you don't have to break it up. You can break it up by sport, but do you have a favorite athlete that you ever watched play, Carol, or someone that you love the most? I'm just going to say Marcus Lattimore. That way I don't cause any controversy, and everybody loved to watch Marcus play, right? Yeah, I, and it depends on your generation, because I can tell you right now, if yeah. I ask like the older folks in my generation, my uncles and aunts, that it's no question. You know, they're going to say, you know, George Rogers. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I mean, the whole country loved to watch George Rogers. Um, you know, they're going to say Sterling, Robert, Brooks, JC. Yeah. Hello. Well, Mar- Marcus, Marcus is kind of my all-time favorite player, but I'll, I'll, I'll since uh, Phil took Marcus, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll go. I'll just, I'll just tell you three guys that you, nobody, I mean, people probably aren't even thinking of. Um, in uh, football, uh, I'll say Sidney Rice because that first year under Spurrier, man, and nobody knew what kind of a freak he was, and just some unbelievable catches. I mean, that guy. Uh, I'd never seen a receiver like him at South Carolina. Uh, and, and that kind of, you know, if you, if you think about it, Sydney kind of his success, and then you had A.J. Green and Julio Jones come up in recruiting classes like right after him. And, you know, that kind of, those kind of guys kind of were in vogue. Alshon Jeffrey was that kind of guy, even though he's a little bigger. But uh, just the, the the gracefulness which he play, with which he played and the – you know, almost like a basketball player out there. In uh, in basketball, I'm going to say Jamel Bradley. Wow. Because Jamel Bradley mm. is just a West threes. Virginia long rifle. I mean, Sedarius Thornwell obviously was great to watch and and all that. And uh, dude was a superstar that took over. Jamel Bradley could shoot um, lights out. And I, I like shooters and I like to see the ball go in the hoop, which is tough when you're watching college basketball at all these days. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm going to say him. And in baseball, there's a tie between Chad Blackwell and Matt Price, two closers. Oh. But I, I'll go with Chad Blackwell because I always just thought, you know, and look, I didn't play baseball past sixth grade. Um, did pretty well that last year. Hit six dingers over the fence because I was six feet tall and had power. Struck out a bunch too. But uh, – I always watch Chad Blackwell. He's like kind of like an alien on the mound, and I was like that 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 thing probably is very difficult uh, to get a beat on from from behind the plate. And I, and I kind of knew, you know, he had very few times where he melted down. I think he did once, but uh, you know. And then of course Matt Price, all I mean, he just lights out as a closer. He comes back that last year as a starter, carries the team to the finals. Um, gutsy, maybe. Kurt Schilling type of guy, uh, I think, for, for the Gamecock baseball program at that point in time. So, pitchers, shooters, and um, and a, a receiver that reminds me of a basketball player. So, how about that? 
I, so I love questions like this when you can narrow it down to a, a one fan base where we all generally can collectively wrap our minds around the, the large majority of people that are going to mention, right? Um, and the 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 Chana's porch nat Chana Manus porch the Chana's porch nat box the award winning Manus porch the nat box is is hopping. I've got the question on Twitter too, and on the on the message boards. Uh, and uh, and everybody, by the way, don't forget we are very proudly presented by Express Sunrooms, uh, where you can watch guys like this play if you if you zazz it up with Express Sunrooms. Um. So, all right, real quick, I'll give you mine real quick. I'm not, I'm not going to do all the talking here because there's so many really interesting names being mentioned. It is hard for me. I, I, I would say um, if you go back to the 90s, um, Brandon Bennett, Zola Davis, and, and Tony Watkins were my three guys. There's no doubt. Uh, since then, um, I will always carry a very special place in my heart for Corey Boyd. I love the way he played the game at Carolina. Uh, in basketball, I saw somebody earlier mention this. It might have been Clint. Melvin Watson was my favorite player growing up. He'll always be my favorite player in basketball because of how he played the game. Just a blue-collar kid. And in baseball, that is impossible because I know most of these guys anyways. Yeah. But uh, I'll, I'll take two and put them above the rest, and everybody else can be pissed off at me for not saying them. I loved, 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 loved watching Blake Cooper pitch. Uh, he was tough as nuts on the freaking mound. You weren't going to be any tougher than him. And I adored the way that Drew Meyer played the game. Uh, and um, if you stick around this program the rest of the week, you might hear from him. Um, let's see. In the Nanosports chat box, guys, we had some cool names in here, Phil. Uh, and I, guys were aware of Todd Munkin leaving, but Georgia sucks. So we'll get to that in just a little bit. Um, J- Jamie did say uh, Drew Meyer. He yep. also said Lattimore and Roth. Yep. Uh, Clint said he posted on the big spur. I didn't, I haven't looked over there. Uh, a, a Sanders. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what was fun. I uh, think Kenny gets a shout out too. He was another one of that. I was oh, absolutely. Taking. Such yeah. a hard mm-hmm. question, man. I know. How, how do you not love watching Kenny McKinley play football? Like, I know. I mean, I mean, somebody just always- said Mel- Melvin Ingram too. And I, you know, yeah. <laughs> That would have maybe been one of mine, too. I, I probably should have thought a little harder about Melvin. Yeah, yeah. if I were going yeah. defense, Melvin would definitely make my list for sure. Yeah. Let's gotta, see. Harrison's too got many qualifiers. I know. I mean, you, we really need to be strict on the rules here and say it's yeah. just got to be one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Christian Walker uh, for Ed's, Ed's – Ed said. Ed said Christian Walker hitting bombs for the Diamondbacks has made me very happy the last few. Yeah, but did you love it? Or do you love him, Ed said? Mm. Um, uh, wow. The Balkan bomber from Ryan Peterson. Evaldus Benoulis. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Eva. Uh, yeah, Benoulis. all right. Man. Um, uh, let's see. Noah says my favorite athlete today being Valentine's Day is Camila, Camila Cardoso. Camila Cardoso. All right. Yeah. All right. That's strong, right. strong selection there. That's right. Uh, yeah, I know. Sterling, 76 guys says uh, Sterling, George, Lattimore, Clowney, Connor, Alshon. So basically all the best players ever play at South Carolina are, your, are the ones you love the most. They're okay. good. Yeah. Now, now here you go. This is why I love seeing this. Well done, Jared. Uh, Rashad Faison, another guy who you just love to watch play the game, you know, kind of like DJ Swearinger, fearless. And yep. if the ball was anywhere, anywhere near where he was, 
and you had a chance to catch it, you probably weren't. And if you did, it was going to hurt when you did. Uh, it was awesome. A lot of guys, like Rashad Faze, I was like, Tony Watkins back in the day was like that. Emmanuel Tony. Cook in the mid 2000s kind of was like that. Uh, Emmanuel made the mistake of leaving early. I think had he come back, he would have been drafted. But uh, certainly, uh, you know, I, I think with DJ DQ Smith and uh, Nick Ibnwore and, and some of those guys they have in the backfield now, I think you're going to be you're going to see some things like that here in the near future uh, more often at Carolina at safety. What else you got here, Phil? Grants? See. Yeah, Grants and football. Jared's uh, Jer- going way off the map today. Michael Carrera. Carrera, missed that one. My Georgia fan thought uh, my Georgia friend thought Carrera still played for the Gamecocks, but it was Peyton Brown. He's a dog killer. He's a dog killer. Yeah. Uh, John, says, I think we're burying uh, the lead here, though, because JC dropped that you know he was hitting dingers in sixth grade and struck out all the time. You were ahead of your time, sir. <laughs> yeah, you were. Ahead of your time. I got I got screwed that year. I'd be on the all. I would have been an all star in football, basketball, and baseball, and I got screwed because the coach uh, voted his son on instead of me because he had a higher on base percentage. And his son was like in fifth. He was a fifth grader. I was a. That was my last hurrah. But um, I didn't get glasses or contacts till fifth or sixth grade. So mm-hmm. I'm convinced I couldn't see. <laughs> And once I could see the ball, it's kind of like a uh, major league, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, my, my problem was, man, you threw me a curb or something like that. And I'm closing my eyes, counting to two and swinging out of my shoes. And if I made contact, I remember one time I hit it over the trees at Duncan park in Spartanburg. Um, but I, you know, it wasn't often that I made contact. <laughs> so, and, uh, I, and I was not a very good defensive first baseman that year either. So, uh, I guess I probably didn't deserve it, but if uh, if Chuck Miller's out there anywhere, I'm still mad at you for voting your little wormy son on the uh, <laughs> on the, 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 the All Star team in sixth grade, you know. And so you can, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I hope you had a lump of coal in your stocking this Christmas uh, and every Christmas for the last thirty years. It's, well, JC, you're actually you're the the way you're describing yourself as a sixth grade baseball player, closing your eyes and swinging the bat and not having a clue what you're basically what you're doing. It's the large majority of people that criticize college baseball fans and coaches. Uh, they, uh, they, you know, it's they, they never mind. Um, Jared, again, another one off the rack here. Uh, don't sleep on Ryan Stack. He was fun to watch play. I loved Ryan Stack. He had a, some time in the NBA as well. And Ryan's daughter, by the way, is an excellent basketball player from, from the upstate. I think many of you know that. Um, what else we have here, uh, Phil? Phil, we've got a Jared also says Andy Boyd told him Jared, we share a mutual friend. Andy Boyd is one of the kindest, best people on planet Earth. He was fun to watch at Carolina, uh, but he is hilarious too. If you get a couple of beers in him too, says he told him that uh, Rashad put put one on him at practice. Andy is no Andy could probably eat Rashad if he wanted to. He's twice the size of Rashad Faison, but uh, Faison wasn't scared of anybody. So yeah, over on the bigspur.com, Sam Eagle says. Sam Eagle from the Muppets. Marcus Lattimore, hands down. Georgia knew Matt Lattimore was getting the ball. It didn't matter. And really, all three times Marcus played Georgia, it didn't matter. Uh, the, the, of course, there's a legendary first game where uh, Tony Barnhart compared him to Herschel Walker afterward. Uh, but then that next game, the next year in Athens, I think he went for 35 more yards. He was like 197 instead of 162 in that shootout. 
And then, you know, coming back off the injury in 2012, he had 22 carries for 110 and that 35-7 win. So there's that. Uh, USC 500 says Devin Downey, Kenny McKinley, Matt Price. The DS2 2001 on the Big Spurs, Sedarius, Christian Walker, and Quick Six Melvin Ingram. And another vote for Thornwell from Earthy Technopop, Sedarius Thornwell. So, yeah, I mean, look, Thornwell was amazing, uh, I thought. Uh, I thought, you know, th- that last year especially, I mean, just a warrior. Um, and had he not gotten the flu oh, before yeah. the Final no. Four game, yeah. uh, we may still be talking about the night the Gamecocks won the national championship because – North Carolina, I watched both their final four games that year. They, they were good. They were probably more talented than the Gamecocks, but they just really uh, played a lot of uninspired basketball. The problem was Gonzaga, as we now know that they do typically, choked in the final um, and just didn't play well. So, you know, that that's that's that with that. But, yeah, that's a lot of votes for, for Thornwell right yeah. now. Blind, blind squirrel. I love the blind squirrel guys. They used to be with us all the time on JB and Goldwater. Glad to see all of them again. Sucks is an interesting way to spell back to back national championships. JB, you're right, but they still suck. Uh, at least they do in the Palmetto State. Um, no, they are the best football program in the country, hands down. But it will be interesting to see what happens moving forward with Todd Munkin moving on to the NFL and uh, Mike Bobo leading candidate to hop right back in the saddle over there and run the offense. Back. I mean, that that would make sense to me. I mean, it, yeah. he, he, now Bobo, uh, it's hard to say he's, he's perfectly like the same as Monken, but it's the same idea. I mean, he's not as the thing about Bobo is he's really good. As we all saw when he was here, the, the power run game. Um, and Georgia really wasn't a power run team this year. They sort of made you defend the whole field, sideline to sideline, a lot of stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, so, I, you know, I, I think they're getting the band back together, man. You got Bobo, B-Mac, Muschamp, Kirby. Uh, the, the boys, the boys are back in town. I mean, and every, every damn coach under Muschamp at Carolina is at Alabama or Georgia now. Yeah, how about that? Well, uh, Kyle, Kyle Krantz, I think, is at Washington State. And Bobby Bentley was at South Florida, but that's yeah. Other than that, yeah, it's crazy. They're rocking and rolling, and and all, and all that good stuff. So I, uh, I always thought Buster Faulkner would get that job when when Monk had left, but Buster took the Georgia Tech OC job, so he's he's out too. So you know they're gonna. I mean, but look, when you got a coach like Mike Bubba sitting there, oh, oh, and Mike's turned down a couple of jobs already, I mean, you kind of know that that's. He's just going to slide back into his old gig, and away you go. You know, if you're Georgia. Yeah, they're uh, they are they're uh, they're just so talented. Bobo though is is although he has a system, he is flexible and he 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 understands yeah. what to do with talent. He knows what's there. And and uh, by the way, I want to remind anybody real quick. I know we got to get a break. Monty Lee coming up in about ten minutes or so. Uh, on our program to talk some baseball we will continue to read all of your names today i did see one I, again i love the off the radar names um that i saw i've got a couple for smoke so i'll pass that along to him he'll be thrilled to know he's not forgotten at carolina uh, but i did see one uh on the thread on the big from one year herbert lee davis throwing down thunder dunks herbert lee davis was fun to watch play especially in the he open was a dunker, yeah at carolina uh, it's just like Keyshawn, you know, he's kind of like Keyshawn Bryant. I was about to say that Herbert Lee was a Georgetown kid, in-state kid from Georgetown. So, yeah, um, absolutely. So we'll uh, Ryan with and, a, D- a DMAC reference. All right. 
D'Angelo Mack did have a really good um, senior year. Uh, him and Tra- what's it? What was his name Travis? Uh, Travis Jones was a good hitter too that came through Carolina. Um, yeah, T- TJ know. was uh, TJ was 07 at South Carolina, right? Uh, second baseman, one year guy, one of the nicest kids ever. He had a smile larger in the room. Um, but um, pretty good second baseman back then with Chris Brown to Travis Jones. And then some Drew Chris played a little second, and then a guy named Scott Wingo came along to play. Scott there, so. Wingo. So, Blind Squirrel Sports, he's our, one of our resident dog fans here. He says, JC's on the money. Bring Buster Faulkner back to UGA. That would be <laughs> intriguing. Yeah. Poor yeah. Tech, sure you know. Man. Tech's finally got a good OC, I think. And if Georgia just comes in and says, why don't you just move on back down Highway, what is it, Highway 78? Goes to the Athens from Atlanta. It, is it seventy? I think I think it's seventy-eight. I'm not sure. Hmm. Oh yeah, I forgot Mike Peter. So Brandon, Brandon's correct. Dude, of course, look, look, I wasn't. Uh, I, we didn't mean every single solitary coach, but yeah, no, Peterson, I was being facetious. Yeah, yeah, Peterson was retained off. too, so technically he came <laughs> off of Beamer's staff. Um, and then Des Kitchings was also retained by Beamer, and so so those guys I'm not really counting the guys that were retained. I'm, you know, the other guys that, that were on Muschamp staff are uh, really what I was talking about. But thanks for the, you know, yeah, I always like to be accurate about things Great. and all that. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I Churchill for most of everyone. Yeah. Churchill, who owns an English pub, Churchill's, <laughs> Churchill's English Pub Club. Those of you from Greenville <laughs> that grew up in the upstate, you'll know what I'm talking about. Listen to Rock 101. Y'all know, y'all know Churchill's. Uh, but, um, yeah, Churchill says uh, Gunnar Stott will now get to play for his dream OC in Mike Bobo. How about that? Uh, that's that's that is a really good point. That's something that that's I certainly be interesting. Didn't, yeah, didn't and, and look, is this a huge loss for Georgia? Probably not. I will say this: just like Sarkeesian at Alabama was uh, during the pandemic year, um, I, I really felt like Todd Mockin was in a zone calling plays this season, the whole season. Uh, and I thought it started in the championship game last year. Uh, you know, great offensive coordinators is what they do. They identify weaknesses on the fly. And if you notice in that championship game, the first one against Alabama, Bama had this kid, they trotted him, tried to sneak him out there because their corners were hurt. Monken immediately goes after him, touchdown. And got the dogs right back in the game. Uh, I, I thought his play calling, offensive design, play designs – how he used his running backs, which is at Georgia, it's a different type of challenge because they're always three or four deep. Uh, but to have all those guys in defined roles, but for it not to be predictable, I admired that uh, about him. So I'll, I'll give I'll give Todd Monk and all the credit in the world. Um, and I'm curious to see how he does with the Ravens. Man, he's got – I guess he's got Lamar Jackson now. I mean, I guess they're keeping him. But uh, we'll see. We'll see kind of how it goes But uh, up in the NFL. But he, he had an absolutely fantastic run at the University of Georgia. No question. No question about that. I know we got to hit a timeout. Uh, a lot of pretty cool names being thrown out there, and we'll continue to read those. Monty Lee is ahead. JC, it is very interesting, too, that you uh, talked about your 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 playing days of baseball, and Phil said you were ahead of your time. Not that this is necessarily Gamecock-related, but Major League Baseball was set to uh, institute a couple of new rules this year. Some guys are happy about it. Some guys are not happy about it. Uh, they're trying to move the pace of the game along. So we're going to try to get to that. I'll tell you the real reason 
why games take so long in Major League Baseball. It's not very hard to figure out um, instead of them just kind of brushing the sides of it with some of these crazy new rules. But uh, so there's a lot to get to today, everybody. Hang tight inside the Gamecocks to the show live from the Sinorama Studios. We'll be right back. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Gamecock Nation, JB here, and I'm here to tell you about my new favorite painting company, A Couple of Painters. These guys are the best. Gamecock fans and excellent painters, and by far the best and easiest quote I've received. They're licensed in both South Carolina and Georgia. They offer 10% off for military, repeat customers, or if you heard it on the show, commercial and residential painting, deck, fence, and cabin staining, cabinet and furniture refinishing. They'll even remove popcorn ceilings and wallpaper and they offer pressure washing find them on facebook or call 803-522-6832 a couple of painters proud partners of inside the gamecocks the show are you sick and tired of your business computer guy yes he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests yeah same here i'm paying him good money i constantly have issues and i'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low, too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699? 1001 is Matt's contact number. Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843 699 1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is former All American shortstop Drew Meyer. And you're listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Go Gamecocks. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. The show is presented to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give John Barber and his team a call, 803-446-4662. Set up a no-obligation consultation about how they can turn your backyard into an outdoor retreat. 
And the first hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the Upstate. Give Cindy a call 864-414-5271 for your Upstate residential real estate needs. And somebody just popped into the waiting room if you want to go ahead and bring him in here, y'all. Might as well. Welcome to do that. By the way, it does look like Mike Bobo is uh, is actually going to be named the offensive coordinator at Georgia. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Jay, well, you just sent that, okay, Jason? But it, yeah, it's all quick decision. Place, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was Kirby quick, just quick, promoted. Quick, quick, yep, yep, yep. Okay. Well, let's bring uh, him in, everybody. We will welcome on the McKellar Enterprises guest line another Coach <laughs> Lee. He's probably having audio and, issues and friends. <laughs> I can. We can hear you. We can hear you. Mm-hmm. Oh, he can't hear us. Yeah. Probably should have gone over this with Monty yesterday before we uh, just plugged him in. Nah. We didn't send his light. Didn't send his light. Now we you got can you hear us, Monty? Hey, there we are, Coach. <laughs> 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 welcome in and we welcome should, home. <laughs> we should have done the test run with you yesterday. Holy smokes. That was more stressful than trying to get some of our hitter swings right. <laughs> hey, man. I tell you, it is so good to see you. I can't wait to be up there soon so we can catch up. How, how's Aaron? How you, how's your, how are all the girls? How's your family? How are you? Everybody's doing great. Um, you know, Aaron has been you know great through this process. Obviously, um, you know, for this year, we're apart. She's uh, – She's still up in Seneca. She has a dance studio and all the girls are there and the girls are doing great. Um, looking forward to Thursday. They're, they're going to come in the day before my uh, two bedroom apartment will, will host four girls and myself, my wife and our two dogs. So it's going to be a, a, a tight, we'll be like sardines in that little, uh, that little apartment here in the Vista. Uh, but um, I'll be excited to see them. It'll feel like baseball season having them all here. Uh, so, uh, but it, it's been, it's been great. I mean, it, it's certainly, uh, been a little bit challenging just not seeing the family, but Aaron's made it a point to come down once a week if she can and any opportunity I get to go home, I go home. But, you know, now that we're in season, obviously my focus is on the program and, and the task at hand, which is, uh, trying to get us off to a great start. Monty, um, it, you know, there's a lot of, fans that you know they 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 keep they've been saying this for months it it feels this feels right Monty's home he's at South Carolina this is where he belongs uh you know how I feel about it um you know has has anything changed for you from last time you were here I mean since you've been the head coach down here in Charleston and then up obviously in the upstate and and now you're back in a place that you know inside and out you're not from right down the road, you're from Lugol, South Carolina. Has anything changed, though, just kind of being back in the building and putting those colors back on? Well, I think um, just for me personally, I'm just I'm just older and more experienced. I mean, I think I bring a level of experience to the program, uh, you know, having been through many, many situations, any situation that a coach can go through with players and with staff. Um, I've been through it, so I'm just trying to help uh, Coach Kingston um, any way that I can. We've got a great coaching staff and we collaborate daily, just trying to give them my input based on my experiences and uh, and help him any way that I can. Um, you know, coming back and just focusing really on the offense, the recruiting, um, and it, it it's been um, it's been easier from a focus standpoint. You know, as a head coach, you you have to wear very a, a lot of hats and you have to deal with so many different things. Um, 
it's been refreshing in that regard that I just I just focus on trying to help our players get better. Uh, recruiting and, and coaching is the only two things that I really focus on now. So from that standpoint, it's you know, it's been it's been nice. Uh, but as far as the program, look, the expectations are very high. They always have been, um, you know, uh, but the expectations are uh, for me and for uh, and for for this team. Um, you know, the expectations are to get better every day and and, and come out every day um, and, and prepare to get better every day. Um, I'm not a big uh, end at the end of the season guy. Like, I don't talk a lot. We all know the expectations of this program to get to Omaha. Everybody knows that. Um, but for me, it's about having an Omaha-level focus every day. I think that's the key. Like, if, if we're going to get to Omaha, we have to have a great system in place. Everybody in college baseball right now has the goal of getting to Omaha. What's very important is the system that you have in place to get there. So when it comes to your, you know, your offensive approaches and your ability to play defense, run the bases, execute pitches, situational hit, situational pitch, uh, just outcompete people. I think it's it simply boils down to that. You better have a really good plan. It's it's, it's very easy to say we want to get to Omaha. It's another thing to have a system in place to get you there. Uh, so uh, you know that's that's been the, the key for us is the process of developing that system to put our guys in a position to be successful. Well, there's a lot of talk around here about uh, the, the the hitting the baseball. You know, last year, of course, was was a disappointing season uh, with the injuries to the pitching staff, and uh, and then really, you know, the bats weren't always there. Uh, what can you say about you know through fall practice and and now through the time you've worked with this team so far? Uh, what can you say about this this team's ability on offense? Because it's kind of the opposite now. There's a lot of talk about the arms. Uh, and then the hitting, you know, I don't know that you call it a big question mark, but, uh, you know, there, there are some, some questions about it. So, so how, from your perspective, have things gone in that, in that department? Well, I can understand the questions. I mean, if, if you look at, just look at our lineup, you know, this year, um, we, we only have two guys that played every day last year that are back. I mean, when, so when you start looking at it, I mean, we've got, you know, Wimmer and Braswell, are really the only two guys that played every day who are back. Kevin Madden played a good bit and was injured. Uh, Stone played a little bit. Messina a little bit. Lee Croy a little bit. You know, like we don't, we don't, we don't return a lot of guys that have SEC at bats and SEC experience. So there certainly should be question marks. So you know, my approach is is very very simple. It's is we got to be patient. We got to keep coaching our guys and developing our guys and trying to put them in a position to be successful. We got to make sure we're behind them. Not, not get frustrated with them if we have a tough day offensively. Uh, but we've got some guys who are, who are certainly capable of having, uh, you know, great offensive years. It's just a matter of them going out and doing it. You know, I feel like that sophomore class, um, those guys are better than they were a year ago. Uh, Cole Messina may be the hottest hitter uh, in the program right now. I mean, he's tearing the cover off the ball. Lee Croy's been a, a very, very high on-base percentage type player, a scrappy at-bat guy, doesn't strike out a ton gets on base a ton, you know, we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to cut you with our knife a hundred times. I mean, that's, that's going to, that's going to be how we beat people. We don't, we don't have tons of power. We have guys that have power potential, but you know, we're not going to be a team in my opinion uh, that can just roll out there and blast three run homers. You know, we're going to have to use the whole field. We're going to have to grind out at bats. We're going to have to walk, get hit by pitches, move runners, get our bunts down, steal bases. One thing that, 
I am fairly excited about if 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 we can do it. We have some guys who are capable of stealing bases. We've run a ton uh, in the fall and in the preseason. Uh, that's that's part of our arsenal now with a handful of players that can do it. We're not going to run with guys that can't do it. Um, but we should be a team that can run a little bit more this year if the uh, opportunity presents itself. So, you know, for me, we're going to have to grind. I mean, we're going to have to be a team that grinds out at bats and, and uh, you know, we're going to have to beat you that way. We're going to have to win pitches and win at bats. And, um, you know, it could be ugly at times, but, uh, you know, I, I like having that chip on your shoulder type team. I mean, to me, that's like what it's all, that's what college baseball is all about is just being blue collar, uh, just being, you know, tough as all get out, uh, you know, a tough over talent mindset. You know, your talent is what it is, but how tough you are is really what's going to define this team because we know that from a talent perspective on the mound, it's uh, it's quite impressive. You know, there's some guys here that have a chance to do some special things. So offensively, we just got to be blue collar and, and just, you know, tough as we can be. Monty Lee, assistant head coach at Carolina. So, Mont, the the game has has kind of at least shifted from a mentality standpoint over the it's a power game now you know every everybody's you you look in the big leagues you get paid to throw 100 miles an hour you get paid to hit 30 home runs even in lieu of hitting 230 on the season if you hit 30 home runs they're going to pay you right. you know and and so that's a trickle down effect to college baseball and then of course and we we see it way lower than that i mean there's I'll say this, you're not going to say it, but there's doofuses out there that are coaching kids that are 10, 11 years old and they're focused on hitting the long ball. And I'm right. like, man, this kid doesn't even know how to hit. So, but you're an elite coach. You're an elite hitting coach. And, and that's that's coming from guys like Justin Spoke, for instance, who, who give you all the credit in the world for make, turning them into the hitters they were. How, how do you – what type of challenge is that for you in recruiting kids and understanding that, that a lot of their focus now – is on doing something that isn't necessarily always going to be the best thing for the team that you're playing on, the program that you're playing in. How do you kind of combat some of that? Well, that's a great question. I mean, that's a broad question. I don't know how much time I've got on the air here. Um, but I can, I, can, I can give you my, my philosophy and opinion on that. Um, you know, I've always been accused as a hitting coach of being a power-oriented guy because our teams typically hit a lot of home runs. But we hit a lot of home runs because we free our players up to swing the bat. Like, I'm not trying to control their at bat. And I want them to understand that they have to have the freedom to understand that you're going to swing and miss. You're going to strike out. You're going to fail miserably, um, you know, as a hitter. So, first and foremost, don't ever get cheated on your swing. Take your best swing, right? You always want to take your best swing. Um, we, we, don't, we don't slow our swing down. We don't check our swing. You know, those are like no-nos in the program. So if you're going to swing the bat, we want to take our best swing. So that's the first thing we tell our guys is you're going to swing and miss. It's okay, but take your best swing. You know, if you get a good pitch to hit, take your best swing. I believe that power develops later. I think it's one of the last tools you develop as a baseball player. So for me personally, I want to create good hitters first. So we want to hit line drives all over the field. We want the ability to hit with two strikes. We want a situational hit because – those are things in your toolbox that you're going to need when power does not show up. You know, you want to have an offense that can win games when the wind's blowing in. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tough feeling as a head coach or a hitting coach to know that if the wind's blowing in, you're going to have a hard time scoring runs because you can't hit balls out of the ballpark. So for me, it's more about having a complete offense that can beat you without the home run 
And then we have that in our back pocket. We do have some guys with some power that if the wind's blowing out and power presents itself, we can hit the ball out of the ballpark too. So, you know, to me, it's about plate discipline, swinging at strikes and taking balls, understanding the strike zone, uh, taking your wall, understanding what a quality at bat is. At the end of the day, you know, I'll give you a great stat. 90% of the time when we have 50% quality at bats, we win. So, you know, your batting average, batting average doesn't mean a whole lot unless you're putting together quality at bats. Like a guy that has to, that his own base percentage is his batting average. Those are guys that just put balls in play and make a lot of weak outs, right? So for me, it's about how good a job do I do at getting on base and understanding that the quality of my bats will dictate my success. So batting average to me is your quality at bat percentage. I don't care about batting average as much as I do. This guy is a quality at bat guy. He'll take a hit by pitch. He'll walk. He'll bun a guy up. You know, he'll get an eight pitch at bat. Regardless of the result, this guy will take bullets out of the pitcher's gun. Like those are things that win you games. We got to get the starting pitcher out. So, you know, guys that can manage at bats and don't throw away at bats or have empty at bats. You know, those are the guys that we're going to play. Uh, so uh, to me, it's about that. It's about putting together good at bats and not defining yourself by how many hits you get uh, or defining yourself by like your launch angle or all that stuff. You know, to me, it's about do I hit the ball hard? Do I stay in the strike zone? And can I situational hit? And if I got power, it's going to come out. You know, we don't really talk about hitting home runs, but, you know, we hit 100 of them last year and we never talked about hitting home runs. We just use the whole field and take your best swing. And then you plug analytics into that. Do some coaches do some coaches get too consumed and absorbed in in analytics versus others? Because there's isn't there a fine line uh, as a as a coach? Like you've got like the coach Tanners of the world who who made a living off of going off of the feel of the game mm-hmm. and understanding guys on the bench. Right? Hey, you know, so and so get a bat. It's time to go in there and. You know, maybe bang one out of the ballpark or what happens, but but he always seemed to have a feel. And then there's some coaches who strictly look at numbers. Like, what where is that fine line in being a coach and using analytics to coach your team? Well, you know, and it's a great question. I would even say, like, you know, in Coach Tanner's day, like Coach Tanner, it depends on what you call analytics, right? Like, I mean, if you look at stats, split stats, you know, hitting with runners in scoring position, the ability to get on base as a leadoff guy. Like, that's still analytics, so to speak, right? That's still looking at numbers. And Coach Tanner looked at numbers. Um, But I think ultimately it was about putting the best nine on the field that day to help you win a game. Not necessarily your nine best players. It was your best nine to win that day. And whatever that looks like, a lefty-righty matchup, wind's blowing in, let's play our line drive-oriented guy instead of the power guy. We can run on this guy, put a little more speed in there. Whatever it called for, we've got a starter going today who's been getting hit. Maybe we need to put our best offense out there to win that game. I think it's more – that's where the feel of the game takes place. It's like you can't get bogged – if you spend too much time in the numbers, you'll talk yourself out of playing, guys, because this game is so hard that you're going to find – every baseball player has warts. That's what I say. You know, like every player has their weaknesses. It's about using stats to find their strengths. Uh, so to me, I look at analytics or stats as more of like this is the strength of this player, and this is where we can use him to win a game, win games for us. So, and not, I'm not going to hijack this. I know Phil and JC want to ask ask a couple of questions before we get you out of here. But 
What do you think Ralph Civitary would do if you opened up a computer with a bunch of analytics in it? How would he respond to that? Well, you know, I, I'll say this about Ralph Civitary, <laughs> who yeah. I learned. I learned maybe maybe the most important two lessons that you can have as a coach is number one, he stuck with us. Yep. So when we struggled at the plate, he stuck with us. And he always loved us. He always showed us that he loved us, and he always stuck with us. So, you know, from a player's perspective, like when you're on that 0 for 20 skid and you know that the head skip's got your back and that he cares about you just as much when you're struggling as as he does when you're going really good, that means a lot to the psyche of the player. And I think that's one of the things that as I've gotten older, like these are kids. They need our support. Like we got to show them that we love them and that we care about them even when they're struggling or the team is struggling, that's when a coach, in my opinion, uh, shows his true value. They're not just pieces of the puzzle or pawns on a chessboard. Um, you know, you got you to gotta always show that you have their back. So that would be uh, Ralph's way of coaching, and I think it worked, you know, pretty good. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he, I can only imagine throwing splits at him these days, Monty. He would say, what? Just hit the ball. Home <laughs> run derby every day. Right. <laughs> just, just hit the ball. <laughs> uh, Go ahead, JC. How, how much better has Braylon Wimmer gotten, in your opinion, since last year? I, I read John Whittle's reports and stuff, and it, it seems like you know not only did he win uh, uh, the starting job on the infield, but he's hitting the ball better. You know, can, can you get, kind of speak to his game and kind of how he's upped it a little bit? Well, you know, I, I didn't have uh, too much of an opinion of Wim just outside of when we played against South Carolina, just, you know, my eyes and what I saw out of him. Uh, you know, he – I think he would tell you super athletic. We thought he was the most athletic player on the roster um, and, and um, you know, could make, could make the elite athletic play, could blast a baseball when he's on. But you could get him if you got him in the right counts, if you made pitches – you could get him out. So the one thing that, that we did or the only thing that I've really done with him is just show him the value of staying in the middle of the plate and just and just hunt pitches that you can hit hard and take the pitches that you can't. And he had the lowest swing and miss rate of any hitter in our lineup this fall. So he didn't chase pitches out of the zone in the fall. He's got tremendous pop. Um, so, you know, I expect him to have a great year for us defensively it's freakish, you know, as far as the ground that he can cover, um, you know, uh, coach Kingston uh, gave him the best nickname ever. He calls him the octopus uh, because he's so long. It's like an octopus out there fielding the ball. It's unbelievable. And I think, I think he, I mean, it's, I mean, a line drive hit, that guy's got so much reach and athleticism to catch balls and he can cover so much ground. He hits a ground ball to short, man. You better get rid of the ball because he can absolutely fly. Uh, he's an elite base stealer. Uh, you know, I think his bat the ball skill has gotten better uh, just because he's more selective at the plate. Uh, and I think he's got a chance to be an elite defender. I mean, I don't recall him having a bad day defensively this whole year. He's been pretty phenomenal. Uh, not to give away any – any secrets here, but y'all, do you have an idea where, where you're going to put him in the lineup? Is he, is he a middle of the order guy? Are you going to hit him at the top? I think we, I mean, he, he certainly deserves the opportunity to be, uh, you know, somewhere. And, and I don't know what coach Kingston will decide. I mean, we've, we've yeah, thrown yeah. around a couple ideas, but 
he's got to be in the mix to be in the top three to four spots in that order. He's the oldest player we got, you know, like he's the most experienced player here. So, you know, he's got to, we got to put, you know, put our offense on his shoulders a little bit from an experience standpoint. So he's got to be right there in the mix at the top somewhere. This is my final one for you, Monty. I'll let these guys ask you anything they want. But um, obviously coaching these, coaching the offense throughout the fall and now throughout the spring and being on, you know, in another dugout last year, I mean, you, you had the outside view of the program. Now you got the inside view of the program, but you had to coach your hitters against this staff. And I know that everybody in that organization is pretty excited about the arms that the Gamecocks are going to run out there this year. Describe it from your side and, and coaching your guys up against them and, and what they've been able to face over the last five or six months as they prepare for this season. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know if there's a better a better staff in the country for a group of hitters who haven't played a ton together to have to challenge themselves against every single day. Um, I mean, when you look at, you know, the guys like you got Sanders, Hall, Mahoney, you know, Becker, Jerzenbeck. I mean, you know, those, those five guys alone are their weekend caliber starters in most SEC programs. Uh, I mean, you know, and then you got Hicks on top of that, who's coming back, who could pitch on the weekends for a lot of programs too. I mean, We've got – and I could go on and on about other guys in the program, but, you know, just our starting pitching options um, are, are pretty dang good. I mean, Sanders you – know, Sanders has been 94 to 97, you know, with three pitches. Hall's been up to 96 with three pitches. Mahoney's up to 96, 97. I mean, those, those three guys alone, I mean, they're, they're super, super talented. And then, you know, Becker's a lefty who's an ultra athlete. Reminds me of Sam Weatherly, who I had it you know, at Clemson, uh, very athletic and spin the breaking ball. Um, he's got kind of an invisible fastball that he kind of pitches at the top of his own. Guys can't get to it. Um, Jerzenbeck is is going to be an, an absolute dude at this level, can spin the breaking ball up to 94, 95 with three pitches. Um, so, uh, and I'm sure, you know, Hicks is a turbo sinker guy, so he's a different look than all those guys. Um so uh, and I'm look I'm missing a bunch of arms, uh, yeah. but um, you know it's um, you know another guy too that's been really good uh, is Phipps. You know Jackson Phipps has been hurt. He's a lefty up to 95. Uh, you know with a good slider, and I mean we haven't had very comfortable at bats against him either. You know, and that's not even talking about you know guys like Eli Jones and Proctor. You know the transfer from Cal who throws wiffle ball sliders and. Kate Austin, you know, who's a proven veteran, you know, bullpen piece. I mean, you know, I just feel like we have, uh, you know, a, a lot of really good options when it comes to pitching. Uh, so, uh, and, and you guys know this, look, you can have the best offense in the world. If you don't pitch, it don't matter. So, I mean, we got to pitch and play defense. And, you know, we got to, we got to, you know, try to help our, our pitching staff by scoring as many runs as we can because most days based on the talent that we can roll out there, uh, you know, if we can play defense behind them, we're going. We should be in every game. Can't wait to see. Y'all got anything, or you, you good? Uh, just, I was going to have a couple more questions about a couple guys. Just Gavin Cassis and, and Carson Hornig. Uh, you know, your, your thoughts on those guys heading into the season? Cassis, of course, the Vanderbilt transfer. For those that don't know, and Hornig's from Kansas, and uh, apparently, from, you know, from what I've read, has been having a pretty good preseason. Yeah, both those guys. Uh, you know, Gavin, tremendous power. Uh, probably I would, I would say, you know, has the most power on the club. 
but he's a really good hitter. I mean, he'll use use the whole field, but he does have some power. I think he's hit, you know, in the fall and spring, six or seven home runs. Certainly think he's going to be a middle of the order RBI, you know, type guy. Uh, Hornig is a little bit different. He has just as much power, but he's a little more patient at the plate. You know, he's going to take his walks a little bit more. Hornig, Hornig's just the, the big thing that Hornig's got to do is just be able to get his a hack off and get to a good fastball more consistently because when he touches it, I mean, he turned Noah Hall around first pitch of an inner squad last weekend, 96 mile hour fastball and hit it like 115 miles an hour off the wall. Like it's legit. It's legit. Um, but he's just got to get to the fastball more. Um, you know, I could see Hornig, uh, you know, being more of a top of the order type guy because we he will take his walks and get on base some, but he does have a lot of power potential. We just got to keep him healthy. He's battled some injuries, uh, so we got to try to keep that guy healthy. But uh, we expect big things out of both of those guys. Right. Monty, can't, can't wait to see you, man. Uh, really appreciate you taking time out of your day. We, I know that you're busy. I, I, I never thought I'd see the day that Monty Lee and Scott Wingo were on the same coaching staff. That's got to <laughs> that's, that's got to be fun, right? Well, you know, I coached him when he was a freshman. So he and uh, you know, I, I, I give him I give him crap all the time. Coach Tanner used to say, "Well, you know, we got to play him because he he can play defense and he'll get hit by pitches, and that's about it." <laughs> <laughs> how many did what, what was it like 14 or 15 it was a lot oh, it was a lot and you know and that you talk about a grinder baseball player like those are the kind of guys we gotta we gotta get in this program because he's just an absolute winner the players love him and it's been uh it's been a lot of fun being able to work with him well, i think i speak on behalf of a lot of people out there they're all happy that you're back in the program man it, it is so good to see you. i can't wait to see you soon and um I'll let you know. Uh, trying to get up there for the weekend, so I'll, I'll let you know when when we make it up and come down and, and fuss and discuss for a little while. But thanks again, buddy. I really do appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. You got it. There you go, Monty Thank Lee, you. assistant head coach of the South Carolina Gamecocks. He is uh, one of the best. Phil, I know we've skipped a, a a break, so we'll have to guess get it in in um, an hour or two. But um, yeah. hopefully, everybody learned something there. From I, I think one of the I've always thought that's one of the premier coaches in, in the country. Oh, I learned something. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know baseball that well, so I'm like, oh, really? Yeah, That's kind of cool. That. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I, I yeah. love to have all that stuff. You know, like, oh, okay, I got you. Well, that's what he's got to do. Okay, and it kind of got me a little fired up that he hit the ball 115 miles an hour off the wall off Noah Hall, <laughs> Carson Hornig, uh, from from Can. By the way, Bill Brennan from the chat box is from Kansas. So when I said. Okay. Carson was from Kansas. Bill says, "Go Gamecocks from Kansas." So, All right, that's awesome. Right. A, a fellow person from the on the prairie, like like the he's like the guy from uh, Joe Dirt. I'm from New York. I mean Kansas. I mean Kansas. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, um, out the bill from Kansas. Brian Dunstan is play. I was gonna see what he looks for in a portal player because you know they seem yeah. to have navigated that pretty well, you know. And I think he addressed it when he was talking about just the quality of mentality of the player that you're looking for on the team. I'm like, okay, yeah, so that's that's what yes. you need. It's not Bro. you're not going after numbers in the portal. You're going after a guy who you know <clears throat> is going to have that let's go to work mentality. Well, so some people I say what's missing from this program from the Tanner days sometimes. A lot of it, it, and I'm not. I'm not talking about this year's team's a blank slate, right? Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. and, and, and a lot of it is that that grit, and, and I don't see it from a lot of college baseball teams these days. I mean, Ole Miss last year, you know, was gritty. They caught fire and won the whole thing. But you know, I, I, you know, 
you go back to those days where the guys Tanner would bring in like, the Adrian Morales of the world and the, you know, the daggum Scott Wingo's of the world and, you know, t- just tough guys, man. You know, go all the way back to Brandon Pack. You know, guys like that catching, oh, you know. God, I'll get back all the pitchers. That. Blake Blake Taylor, remember when he – I'll never forget, he was the closer and, and Carolina is about to get eliminated by Central Florida in the Supers. And I think Blake Taylor threw a game – got final decisive game in the, in, the, in the regionals. It wasn't the Supers, it was the regionals. And, uh, you know, boom, 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 boom. Dude's like 165 pounds just mowing people down. Um, and I don't, I don't think that they, they've been lacking tough guys. I just think that, you know, it's hard to capture that mentality uh, with a lot well, in any any sport these days. So, uh, well, no, uh, I, I, the hope I, is actually, maybe it returns. Yeah, I, I'm on the other side of that. You know me, I defend the program uh, wholeheartedly because I generally have an idea of what's going on inside of it. I, I do think there's years where they haven't been very tough. Yeah. Um, and I, and I don't think – I think if you got some of these guys in a, a back room and you knew them and, th- and they trusted you, they'd tell you the same thing. I, I think you'd hear that from from Coach King. I think you'd hear that from Coach Holbrook. I think you'd hear that from Coach Tanner. Um, you know, and it's, it, sometimes it's just kind of the way it works out, you know, and and that is not what this program was built on at all. It was built on the blue-collar mentality and, uh, and, and being tougher than the other guy. And – but this staff is one of the things – Coach King gets hammered for a lot of stuff, and people want to win, and that's why, and I get it. I'm not saying anybody's wrong. You say whatever you want to say. That's fine. But, you know, he, he does understand what type of kid it takes to win at this level. Um, they just got to get it all come together. I can tell you right now, Monty understands, and we, we all know Scotty does and, and JP, so – um, yeah, goodness gracious! Yeah, you know it's it's going to be a lot of fun, and and I and Phil, to your point earlier, down the road, you know we'll we'll get Monty back on, um, and it, you know he'll come on. I'm not going to ask him to come on every week or something. I used to have Skyler meet on every week, but but we're not going to do that to Monty. He's got a lot going on, um, but he he does to your point, uh, signing kids, you know, out of the transfer mm-hmm. portal, uh, that versus what used to be the JUCO route and how valuable it was to building your program. You know, being able to make inroads all across the state of Sacramento. The last couple of years, there have been a lot of talented dudes commit and sign to schools not named South Carolina and not named Clemson. And um, that's a big problem. Like, that's a no-no. If you can play in the state, generally you stay here. You know, so I'd love to get him on to talk about that. And 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 uh, and just there's all kinds of stuff he could really get into that he's very, very well equipped to speak on. So maybe we'll do a uh, an educational day at some point in time. And we'll teach JC how to go from broad focus to fine focus and hitting. You get me ready for that softball league. Yeah, that's right. That's right. There is it. That's, that's a, big that's up a there in Chattown. I, I always <laughs> love these people. Thing. What do you call realistic Joel? realistic Joel? He knows Joel. more than you, realistic Joel. Uh, I can assure you of that. He does know. He's also won a national <laughs> championship with Miami, and he coached in Team USA. I'm not saying what he's done here is acceptable. I'm saying he does understand what it looks like. Yes, he does. That's true. They sound confident. I think cautiously optimistic is what I'll go with. And we'll see what happens. Uh, Cautiously optimistic. We'll have an hour or two, right, Phil? Yeah. We've got an hour or two. No, we're still rocking and rolling. They haven't kicked us off the internet. Elon Musk is still okay (laughs) with us being on Twitter, so we're all good. (laughs) 
We'll hit that timeout and the inside the Gamecocks. We'll be right back. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, all of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me. JB, your Lowcountry real estate broadcaster. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. <laughs> You're tuned into Inside the Gamecocks, the show. The sideline is picked off. Brad Edwards will get a convoy. Touchdown, South Carolina. Chicken's got some racial spurs, spurs, spurs. You ain't just a bird, bird, bird. You're top of the coop, star of the show. You're a rooster who was born to crow. Well, I bet you wonder when, when you win or lost a step or two. Fell down the pecking order, couldn't find Welcome back, everybody. Inside the Gamecocks, the show is presented to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give John and his team a call or shoot him an email, 803-446-4662 or johnb at expresssunrooms.com talk about how they can get a little bit more sunshine into your home this summer. And of course, we'll give Cindy a shout out since we missed the second one for hour one. Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the upstate. Happy to help you with all your upstate residential real estate needs. Give Cindy a call 864-414-5271. And if you, uh, if you want to watch Carolina baseball in your Gamecock man cave have a makeover from our friends at a couple of painters if you go to their facebook page you can register uh for the gamecock room giveaway which they'll come and paint whatever man cave you have garnet black white those are your colors to choose from because those are the colors of the university of south carolina uh so uh, make sure you head to a couple of painters facebook page they paint inside the gamecocks the show garnet and black daily on our program and uh i think march 1st is when they'll announce a winner on that but make sure that you register anywhere in south carolina anywhere in georgia register they will come to you um joel why why you gotta call names i mean come on man like 
That's realistic Joel, man. I love the keyboard warriors are just spicy Joel. I mean, yeah, I see that. Kingston does know. Prove me wrong just because of his record. I mean, like, this is what I this is what I, I, I can't stand about people who tweet and they tell you everything they know. People like this know nothing about anything. I mean, last year their seven of their top eight arms went down. What would the football team do if seven of their eleven starters on offense went down? What would the basketball team do if four of their five starters went down? I mean, like yeah, it's not acceptable. Nobody said that, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't know what he's looking at when it comes to building a program or getting it back where it should be. I mean, it's just- I mean, I, I think they got the pitching to make a run this year, and, and I think the hope, as Coach Lee said, is to kind of get enough from the plate. Um, and I, I like Gavin Cassis. I like what I hear about him and Carson Hornig, and if these Absolutely. guys can – you know, make contact. I mean, you know, Braswell sort of struggled uh, from what Whittle has yeah. reported. Uh, so he needs to get back hitting the ball uh, like he was at the beginning. Um, yeah, no doubt. Uh, he didn't really hit an SEC play last year either. But, you know, and you got guys like Evan Stone who have potential, you know, at the bottom of the lineup that could be really good. And, and the catchers, of course, Mark Easton taught us about that last week with Messina. And then mm-hmm. Roy. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, Kevin Madden, I think, had some good moments last season uh, as well. But uh, yeah, let's we'll see. We'll have to see. And hopefully, uh, and you know, the improvement of Warner and, and all that good stuff will be will be better. Uh, I think another frustrating thing last year was uh, this wasn't a great defensive team either. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's sort of something in South Carolina that this program has been able to hang its hat on. You know, is yeah. playing studly defense. Uh, you know, um, but that, you know, but I, I thought, quite frankly, like it, it, the team that went to the super or went to the regionals and hosted the regional two years before, I thought they left a lot to be desired athletically and in, in, the, in the outfield, especially uh, on defense. But um, you know, that's just me talking. So uh, you know, you're talking to the guy that. Hit six home runs for the Westview Dodgers when he was in sixth grade. <laughs> Talks about it like he was in the majors, like back when I was in the minors. Back when I, yeah. back when I was in AAA ball. That's good. Right. Was in Nova Scotia. I played church league ball. Listen, yeah. I tell you what, you talk about church league softball. That, that those are the biggest fights and drunk fests. Yeah, uh, I think yeah. I've seen. That's why I don't like, play guys, it. Yeah. Get out there like, oh, Welford Baptist, baby. Woo, let's go. Come on, we're going to get those Duncan boys tonight. Mm-hmm. And those, those boys will have about six natural lights, and one of them will run over the catcher, and there's a fist fight. <laughs> well, I, I tore an ACL playing it. That's <laughs> how competitive it's yeah, that's, how hard that's, we were playing that. that game. Yeah, Up here, it's too cold, so up in Chicago, they bowl. Which could be any even more dangerous if they choose to fight, right? Because mm-hmm. you don't those idiots with bowling balls are heavy. You know you don't want those guys swinging. Uh, yeah, or, or like a big Lebowski he pulls out his gun. You're about to enter a world of pain, Smokey. That's right. You're, you're, uh, you're yeah. or, or Kingpin, where he shoves your arm in the oh. bowling machine, <laughs> yeah. the bowling yeah. bowling return uh, slot or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah, Lance Player, by the way, just got up from his hangover from the Super Bowl. Oh, he said, it's "What Tuesday, I missed, Lance. Yeah, you missed Monday, Lance, and uh, yeah. 
And he was like, uh, he had a dream that Carolina was playing in Atlanta and he had a lot of lattes. And he said, we're going to Omaha and I will have my lattes flowing as we whoop ass. But I sure hey, hope so. I'll say this. Omaha for me right now is a drive. It's not, it's not a flight. I mean, it, it is a 40 minute flight from here, but I could get in the truck and drive that bad boy. Yeah. And I've never been, I've always wanted to go. Carolina goes this year. I may just have to take a trip, maybe just for a day or two, but they say you got to see it once. You got to go. Series. Well, I'm in, in, you know, Rosenblatt was just remarkable. Um, you know, it's crazy. It's still crazy to think that we, we shut it down and then open the new one. Same team, you know, yeah. winning and both. Then, um, and then the new one went all the way to the final series the next year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 76 says, people can yap about keyboard warriors when they have a microphone. You're right about that. Uh, but give me a break. Many of us are well-informed ex-players on some level. Hello. Uh, or simply have eyeballs that watch average to bad baseball. Yeah. You're right. It has not looked uh, and, 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 yeah, that's that's it's fine. Good. Well, well done. Uh, that's that's true. So, yeah, the I, I'm, I'm I'm a I'm an ex player myself. You know, I, Real, yeah, Jamie played. I mean, re- realistic I Joel, man. He you know he he, he, he goes hard in the paint, and he understands that. Joel, Joel yeah, understands. That. I mean, we could do this all day. I mean, it's it's okay. I mean, you know, I, I'm okay with that. Um, so anyway, no, it's, not, it's not the case at, at all. You know, another. Uh, Sample of personal relationships, quite in the judgment. I have been very open for years in saying that they need to win. If not, they need to make a change. But I think I, I said on JB and Goldwater case that needed to be gone last year. So yeah, I mean, I and, look. And, and JB didn't go after me. You know, I I understand exactly what needs to happen there. Nobody under, understands that more than I do. Um, but you know, I also don't just throw stuff at the wall and hope it sticks. So um, look, last yeah. last season. Had they had a fully healthy staff and rolled that record out there, I don't think Mark King's going to be the head coach this year. Okay, so I mean, they gave yeah. they they. I think he did get a pass because of that. Um, don't y'all? I mean, had had he had a full full boat to to float with last year, and and you roll out an under five hundred record in year five, it's it's tough to keep a guy around like that. I mean, it, yeah, not no matter how much you like program. Yeah, yeah, right. I not mean, not program. when you've got. The pedigree, <laughs> right. yeah. I mean, sure. there, and there's I said it too. I was here. like, "Yeah, I thought he should be I, going." Now, I wrote, I I wrote something that they should... when Monty came back. <laughs> well, and then like you that. you kind of had some board of trustees involvement with that particular decision too, which mm-hmm. I kind of went off about because I thought that was. I, I just think, in general, fire somebody, hire somebody, keep somebody, don't keep them. I don't care, but that decision needs to be made by Ray Tanner, right? The athletics mm-hmm. director. It doesn't need to be made. By anybody on the board of trustees, um, but there are standards here; they're not being met currently. Uh, so it, it's real simple: you either meet the standards or you don't. You know, and 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 I think that everybody kind of understands that if the standards aren't met this year, that you know, there's a they're not just going to sit around and go, oh well, <laughs> let's just no, give it about okay. ten years. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, and and like when when Coach Tanner let go of Coach Holbrook, you know, that kind of told you then. So so Coach Holbrook had the the difficult job of of being behind the guy. Right. We see this all the time in sports. 
when you come after the dude, you know, especially at the level that it was at, I mean, it was, I know Arizona won the national championship in 2012, but South Carolina had the best program in the country. And, and so like when they hired Jet, you know, you, you follow the guy. And, and honestly, if you go back and look at what coach Holbrook accomplished in his five years here, it really wasn't as bad as people have made it out to be, but by the standards of South Carolina, it wasn't good enough because South Carolina had not missed the postseason since uh, 1999. And then, you know, then of course they, they went from the supers and coach Holbert's first year to the regionals. And then they missed the postseason in 2015, go back to the supers in 2016 and then missed the postseason again. So, by the standard of South Carolina, that's not good enough, right? So, so Coach Coach Tanner kind of set the baseline of like, no, around here we're going we're going to go to the postseason, and th- so then Coach Kingston comes in, right? And what's he doing his first year? He gets to a super regional. He's one win shy of going to Omaha, and they had to go to Arkansas, and and just ran you know ran out of gas when they got there. Nineteen, you know, falls apart. Twenty, I hear this often. Oh well, they weren't going to be any good. Well, they. I don't know that they were, they played 16 games. So like you, you can't, you can't say anything about the 2020 season because there were 16 games played. So that that's not even a year it's wiped off. Right. So then you get into 21 JC Phil, what happens in 21, they get to a regional and they run into the hottest team in the country. Uh, Mm -hmm. Virginia ends up going to Omaha that year. Uh, now I'm not saying it's excusable to lose lose a home regional. You never want to do that, but but you know it happened last that year. That Old Dominion game got me because it was two to what was it two to one? They couldn't couldn't hit in that one in, the old, yeah. in that regional, and, and it was disappointing because oh, yeah. after it was yeah. after COVID, and that was if you guys remember that was like that week they said hey full crowd sellout and the, and the atmosphere the fans did their part that that weekend, but yeah. But then, yeah, Virginia was hot. Virginia stayed in Columbia, beat Dallas Baptist the next week, went to Omaha. So you're right. And so they were, and then 2022. And then last year, yeah. All the injuries yeah. and all that. All so, well, yeah, we'll see. Right? You know, yeah. look, sometimes it's a funny game. Baseball's a funny game. You, you never know. Sometimes you get hot at the right time and, and you, 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 you win. And sometimes you, when, you, when you expect things are not going to be good, they turn. That's when they turn. I mean, I, I uh, I'll never forget. I was uh, it was right when we signed when the Big Spurs signed with twenty four seven. We were still an ESPN affiliate in twenty ten uh, in that baseball season, but we had just signed, and so I was on the road going to meet with people to sign with twenty four seven. You know, it was a startup at the time as part of my job, and I remember listening. Carolina played Florida at home the last series of that season. Uh, which, by the way, Clemson also beat South Carolina nineteen to six in the game three of that series earlier that year. Yep. Uh, for the SEC championship, and the Gators won. They took two of three, and I remember sitting there going, "Oh God!" You know, because at that point you're like, "Man, are they ever going to get over the hump? This is a, a missed opportunity." You know, because that was on the heels of losing the East Carolina. Uh, Super, the East Carolina opener that year, NC State the year before. Well, then guess what? Magic happened. Magic happened. And the Gamecocks got hot. They beat UConn in the Supers. They once again lose a game, the opening game of the College World Series, and then battle all the way back. And and, and that's when the Baylor-Till story and all that was out, man. And it it was magical. And so just when you think something bad, you know, bad things are going to – that's when they turn around. I think 
we've seen that in football, you know, this past year with Shane Beamer. Uh, and and we, we saw it in basketball with Frank Morton uh, the year they went to the Final Four. Uh, I, I think that when you have the right guy, and I don't know that Marquise and Ezra is not. I think that that's going to probably be answered. You know, they tend to do things like that when when, when things look they look dark and you know things haven't been good in a while. Boom, they turn it because they know. You know, it's the guys that don't ever do it that end up getting fired. And, and so, you know, I would just caution everybody and, and say, look, you know, th- this team's loaded on the mound, loaded with arms. Those teams tend to go pretty far in the postseason in college baseball. Uh, they could probably get enough hitting. I, I, I don't. I refuse to believe this team's going to be completely anemic at the plate. Um, I, I think they do need to have some guys have good years, but that's everybody. Um, and so we'll see what happens. So I, I, uh, I enjoyed that Monty Lee interview quite a bit. I think, uh, I think Monty Lee is uh, he's going to help. I think as a as a sneaky good higher, you know, and, and, and he's from the back in the, his roots are in the good old days, but when Ray Tanner was laying the foundation to win those national championships at South Carolina, and they were nationally competitive and sec tough every single year. So looking forward to seeing what happens and, and, and all that. Yeah. I, oh, I absolutely. And, and to add to your coach Tanner stuff, I remember the, they lost the regional, uh, at ECU in 2009. I was up there for that. And, um, yeah. And then they bounced back that year, opened the season up there. They lose two of three, and then they lost the Clemson series. That was the 19-6 game you're talking about at Founders Park. And all you heard, all you heard everywhere was fire Ray Tanner. That's all you heard. Nobody, Everybody was done with it, and they, but it but it didn't instigate from the series. It went back to the fact that this team had gone to Omaha 0-2-0-4, and then, uh, and then everybody thought the glory years had arrived when Reese and Mike and Justin and Phil and – James Darnell and Will Atwood and, and all these guys, you know, uh, were, were, were the stars of the, of the show and, um, you know, got beaten the Supers in 06, got beaten the Supers in 07, got beaten in regional in 08, got beaten in regional in 09, get blown up by Clemson by 13 runs at home. It's fire Ray Tanner. Well, had everybody gotten their way that day, there, would, there wouldn't be two banners hanging in the outfield at South Carolina that say national championships. So, you know, I, I think I saw 76 a minute ago that said, you know, glass half full, you know, when it comes to Carolina baseball, it's generally best to look at it that way. Uh, last year was it was it was it was a tough year, regardless of whether some people continue to want to acknowledge that seven of their top eight arms were down or not. Um, that that you can't let those things happen here. But but they seem pretty well positioned to, to kind of get things back on track at Carolina. And guys. I mean, let's just call a spade a spade here. You know, this league is really, really, really difficult, and everybody knows that. So, you know, it's they're going to lose games. Like, that's going to happen. They're going to lose baseball games this year. Um, but, you know, more than likely, they're also going to be in the postseason with a chance. Like you said, JC, if you've got pitching, you're, you're, you're built for the postseason. And, um, and they, they seemingly right now, as long as they, these arms stay healthy, they've got, they've got pitching. Yeah, it, it helps, especially like in a four-team regional format. Well, if you drop a game or whatever, then you got to come right back. Sometimes play double headers and things. If you've got five guys instead of three, five guys, boy, that'd be pretty good for lunch. Uh, five, but anyway, or six, <laughs> you know, um, that's very beneficial. That that pitching depth. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen Carolina teams though with. 
without a ton of pitching depth, just get by on guts and bubble gum and tape and, and all that. And just, just, yeah, just hard nosed play too. But, uh, you know, something tells me, you know, and look, I don't, I'm not going to pretend like I know these guys, but, uh, I do work with them with baseball a little more, uh, because of NIL with Carolina rise and things is most of the, a lot of the better players on the team are clients. These guys seem a little bit like they got a little edge to them, you know. I mean, we'll see. I'm at the age now where college kids are really, they seem a lot younger, you know, <laughs> than maybe they want. Maybe when I was in my 30s, you know, but, uh, uh, but I don't know, man. Um, Chris Payne, by the way, went to Bucky's for the first time. Nana's porch, Chris. All right. Busted his Bucky's cherry. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. Did he get the, um, did you get, did he get the brisket? Chris, he said he got the brisket and got got his some craft beers and uh, I think something else. Yeah, I didn't, you know, because that like roadie, right, Phil? Because yeah, roads. There's no road soda when I go through <laughs> Richmond, Kentucky. I mean, that's like, <laughs> I mean, by the time I got to Indianapolis, four hours from the crib, I would have been like, <laughs> <laughs> go Hoosiers. Where's the Hoosier Dome? <laughs> Anyway, well, we got to catch right, up so on we, break here, yo. We got to catch uh, up big time. So we're going to hit one break, one. Mm-hmm. then we'll hit another one, and then another one. But we'll be right back. This is Inside the Game Costa Show. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Oh, easy. He's got a tiger by the tail, he has. He better hang on, too. People have spoken. Nana's Porch was voted the third best food truck or trailer by the Charlotte newspaper Public Poll. Also, their pimento cheese. Mmm took third in a contest exclusively for products made in the state of North Carolina. I will let Noah Hall tell you about the rest. Nana's Porch, Southern Cuisine, with an uptown twist. We're well into the new year and the days of being back in the pool and boat are quickly approaching. Many of us don't have the time to hit the gym, but Charleston Fitness Equipment can change that for you. Outfit your home with a treadmill, elliptical, or my favorite, a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world. They have free weights, home gyms, flooring, and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient. Located in Mount Pleasant, visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more. Get in shape like our Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks. Nation. Do you need a place to stay for the big game? Many hotel booking engines keep all the commissions, but at Fan Plans, you support inside the Gamecocks, still earn your hotel loyalty points, and you receive an email with direct confirmation from the hotel. Whether you are visiting Columbia to cheer on Carolina or hitting the road to follow the team, get in the stands with Fan Plans. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Uh, this is Coach O. Now back to the show. Go Tigers and the soul. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. Presented to you by Express Sunrooms. 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with them. 
talk about how to enclose a porch or patio for you. And then, of course, let's see. I'm trying to find some. I thought I saw something in the chat box here. There's plenty in there. We yeah. still have. Uh, there's a couple. There's a couple that I didn't um, get to earlier of your favorite player that you loved. That's what I was scrolling up to find some names here. Oh, yeah, here we go. I saw a Devin Downey on the website on um, the Big Spur. I loved watching him play. Sure did too. I did too, man. He was man. He was fun to watch play. Golly, he was he was a quick little booger. Him, well, look, him and Zam together were fun to watch play. Uh, it, it's just you know you wish that they would have had more time. You wish you wish that a lot of the issues we've talked about over the years with Gamecock basketball that those two in-state guys would have right out of high school come on to South Carolina to play instead of. You know, Zam leaving for Tech and Devin leaving for uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, yeah, that was tough. Odom got him back and then never got to coach him. Yeah, uh, so they went with Horn. But uh, yeah. yeah, Devin, Down- yeah, it's, and people will never remember that Devin Downey was part of the Darren Horn era <laughs> for no. some reason. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, it's just Brandon the general Bigard willingness stole. to forget all of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, although the big spur, Casper McLovin, says Sidney Rice, so he's there with me. Devin Downey's TBUSC, Any Cock, Brandon Bennett, Steve Tannehill. Yeah. Brandon Bennett from Riverside High School. Uh, Diller says Sidney Rice, Matt Price, Matt Price, and Pharaoh Cooper. That's interesting. And this uh, probably yeah. one of the biggest contrarians on our website, Tander Bogus. Um, says Tommy Beecher. <laughs> he, he just, he used to be a really good poster. I think things have kind of worn on him over the years. I say he just posts like vomit, like literally like everything he posts, you could just vomit onto the screen and it would be, it would be just as good. Uh, Flake says Connor Shaw, Matt Price, Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, Kev Hurd says Bruce Ellington. So that, that, that's a lot of eclectic, Jackie, yeah. a lot of eclectic people. A lot of collective people. So. Oh, there's been some names I saw today, like the guy who, who I can't remember who it was now that mentioned Rashad Faison. Mm-hmm. I loved watching Rashad Faison play. Dude, he was, yeah. Was Shannon good. Wadley was on one of those defenses too. Body bags. Body bag Wadley, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but he would have gotten some some targeting calls, I think. Yeah, a lot How of about those, that, uh, ACC, that ACC clown ref uh, the year after uh, they instituted targeting, talking crap about the clown he hit. That would have been targeting. That would, yeah, I don't think it would have been targeting. I think it was a textbook play. It just looked how, bad. How would that have been targeting? I, 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 it was fundamentally sound, man. Yep. Yeah, but it was, it was just a clown at ACC rap. Blah blah. You know. Yeah, there was nothing Bro. in that play. He didn't leave with the crown of the helmet. He no. was not a defense. Well, he was a defenseless player, but he wasn't a defensive pl- defenseless player because it was a handoff. Like, you can't tell a guy don't hit him because they're handing the ball off. Where was the lead blocker? Yeah, I mean, just because a guy misses a block, that doesn't – but that was a big hit. That was a, I, I just remember that that, that that now that I thought about the hit, I was like, oh, that guy was whatever, clown. Uh, Saunders says, Pharaoh made some really dark football days slightly less dark. Yeah, 14 and 15, he was uh, he was really good, really good. Ah, uh, the fourteen season is is just a year that you know it, it it's it's those you know there's people that don't remember everything that happened during the year they just look back and see the record. 
Uh, <laughs> if you actually go back and remember what happened to get to that record, blowing three fourth quarter leads by double digits, that was oh, another wow. team that was set up for for 10, 10 wins. Uh, but, he could have won the won the East. I mean, they yeah. don't lose to Kentucky, Kentucky, Missouri, and Tennessee. Those were all Eastern Division opponents. The East, and they're I all by two touchdowns. And every, the every worst one. Missouri, uh, the, the worst Missouri, the worst of the two Missouri Division winners was in fourteen, and then you know they Carolina holds on to those. Even with that defense, you know they're going and getting slaughtered by Alabama in the in the championship game oh. here. And that that South Carolina could be sitting on. And, and look, I, I say this saying that you know they could. Easily have been the Buffalo Bills of the SEC championship game, right? Mm-hmm. And lost all of them. They could have been sitting on five straight SEC East titles. Easily. Had just one thing gone their way or another mm-hmm. uh, from 2010 to 14. But, hey, you know, but yeah, that 2014 season set a lot of things in motion, too, because of the the win at the Swamp. That got must that must have was fired from Florida that next week. Spurrier held on for another year because they went to the bowl and won. So that's a yeah, interesting yeah, I, season to say the least. I think the the biggest um, the biggest uh, I don't know if it what you would call it, but I would say the most in, the most negatively impactful moment between those years had nothing to do with what happened on the field. It was when Coach Spurrier said, yeah, I'll probably be around another two, three, four, two, three more years. Decommit, 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 yeah, decommit, like, nope, decommit. Oh, no, he didn't. Wait, no, Steve, wait, no, no, no. Yeah, he and did. And even then walking that back, it didn't help anything. You know, it's it like, hey, you, know, <laughs> you know, the decommit that stung the most in hindsight was Jair Alexander, who yeah. – yeah. You know, like he and Mark Fields were committed. Mark Fields was the four-star, highly rated guy. And Fields, you know, flips to Clemson. And, and Fields didn't really – he was a backup at Clemson. Part of some really good teams, don't get me wrong. But he didn't – he wasn't the player they thought he would be. Jair Alexander flips to Louisville, and he's just yeah. a low three-star kid from North Carolina and is an All-American and a first-round draft pick at corner. Meanwhile – Nobody on Carolina's roster can cover a bucket of water. <laughs> That's a must champism, by the way. If a guy can't cover a bucket of water, I'm gonna play zone. You know, but uh, I mean, it, it just uh, you know that, and, and of course they needed Arden Key, you know, because he was a good pass yeah. rusher and stuff. He was committed to went to LSU yeah. and played well. But man, oh man, that was bad. That cost them. That still wasn't a bad, terrible. It still was a pretty good class, all things considered. But that could have been, um, you know, looking back on it. Well, and I'm sure we can get into this over the summer or something. But I, I, I believe had Steve Spurrier, you know, just kept a handful of his coaches after 2014, gutted the defensive staff, gone and hired. If you wanted to hire John Hogue and give the whole thing to him, fine. I'm not convinced they did. Having Whammy and Deke coach D-line was asinine, uh, you know, because those guys weren't capable of doing it at a high level. And, you know, I'm convinced Spurrier done that and and recruiting had gone well and they could have pieced it together in 2015, gotten back to a bowl, 
maybe who knows upset Clemson at the end. I mean, he, he had three or four more years. That may have been a nice restart for him. Unfortunately, it wasn't meant to be. And in hindsight, he probably should have just hung it up uh, after the 2013 Citrus Bowl when Connor Shaw left. But, um, you know, who knows? But Kenny Chesney was already making a movie about him and stuff by then. So I guess you can't, can't do that when Kenny's making this movie now as a head ball coach. Well, I, I mean, I think – I don't think – I know, Phil, we probably – do we need to get to break here? Because we got to make one yeah, up. Yeah, right? let's get a yeah. break. We got to make yeah, one. We can, we'll squeeze a break in here. Yeah, we'll get a break and we'll come back and reminisce more. JC, I do want to ask you too, though, about uh, the uh, Jonathan Paler crystal ball. I know your name is not Tony Morrell, but just I want to get. I've got a lot to say that. about it. Yeah, I got uh, a lot to say. So, uh, so everybody, good. hang tight. I can't wait for that. We'll be back. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sear Foss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone sent you. This is Fresh and All-American, Nicky Memorial of the Carolina Gamecocks, and you are listening to The Show with JC and Phil. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show brought to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. 
be happy to talk to you about a sunroom for your home, 803-446-4662. Just to remind everybody, we are live from the Sinorama Studios in Columbia. And give us a like and subscribe. How are we on our YouTube subscribers there, JC? That's all right. Go ahead. We passed over 5,000. We did. We did. We did it. Everyone. All right. All Congrats. Right. Thanks. 1,000 subscribers. It makes me feel all powered and, if, and charged up. This earlier like too. Would, uh, if, if you if, do subscribe, make sure you turn the um, the notifications on. So, because oh, I know yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. you're, you're in the car, you're, you're doing something and you forget. Uh, if you, it'll, it'll notify you, Hey, look, they're, they're coming on and you can get on here. And <coughs> tell right. What if you were you on a bike, uh, JB, what if you were out there riding a bike or just wanting to oh, get I don't outside? Ride no, uh-uh. I'd only ride one if it had a, um, you know, motor on it or something like that. Maybe like an electric bike. Yeah. Is there somebody who does that? Yeah, Electric Bikes of Charleston, electricbikescharleston.com. They power our program inside the Gamecocks, the show. I've been in media for uh, 10 years, and this is uh, one of the one of the neater agreements we've, we've kind of ever worked out uh, because these things are starting to pop up all over the place. And I, I just met somebody this past weekend who has one and absolutely loves it. He was actually telling me it makes him ride more, and he's <laughs> staying in shape. Because he's not scared to go further, and then, like, if any of you are like me, like I've been scared to get a bike because I don't want to be coached into riding 10, 12 miles, and then go, oh my God, I got to ride home. <laughs> you can go as far as you want if you get it an electric bike from Electric Bikes of Charleston, and you can get them from anywhere you are, anywhere in the state. They will sell to you. They will service you as well, up to twenty-eight miles per hour. Aventon, Velotric, Magnum bikes are all there. And they're good for the low country. They're good for the mountains. They're good for the Midlands. They're good for you. And while JC might be the most fun you've ever had on two feet, these are the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Electric bikes, charleston.com, powering inside the Gamecocks to show. Let me, a couple of quick, um, quick little nuggets to pass along here, too, from the desk of head coach Mark Kingston. The rotation is set going into the opening weekend. Will Sanders, Noah Hall, Jack Mahoney will be the first three out of the gate. Uh, Mahoney will get ball on Sunday. That was one that was kind of up in the air a little bit, but uh, behind the scenes for a while we've been hearing that. I think John Whittle has reported as much. John will also be a part of our coverage on opening day coming up on Friday. Uh, so uh, there you go. Gamecocks, three power arms that will go out this weekend. I, I, I'll have to do some thinking on this, but I'm not sure that we've ever, that South Carolina has ever rolled out a Weekend rotation where all three sat at 95 and above. I don't think I've seen that here. Um, I, I know I was, I was, Blake Cooper and I were texting last night. I said, man, you look back on it, you and Roth and uh, Jay Brown, you know, that, that group of guys. I said, y'all sucked, man. I were like 90, 91. Maybe Roth couldn't break a plane of glass. Like you could pitch for this team. Yeah, he loved that. But um, so they're, they're going to throw out some guys this weekend who could really can really chuck it in there. I look forward to seeing it. Also, yesterday I did mention that D1 baseball is the one I trust the most when it comes to national stuff. Um, they've got Carolina pegged as a two seed in Chapel Hill in the uh, preseason sixty four uh, preseason field of sixty four. They also have eleven SEC teams in the field. The only three that they don't have in there are Kentucky, Missouri. And Texas A&M, I doubt that makes the Aggie fans very happy. 
but with that said, seven of the 16 teams they have hosting as top 16 national seeds are also from the SEC, and they also have three teams from the state of South Carolina in the postseason, most notably, of course, the Gamecocks, but they also have a couple of four seeds named Wofford and the College of Charleston. There's one or two, if you will, very notable absences from two teams who historically are pretty good. Yeah, one of them I lost, here lost a pretty good coach over the offseason. <laughs> Yeah. And the and the other one won a national championship. Yeah, that's right. Ago, and as the preseason goes, they don't have either in there. So we'll see. Nope. <laughs> hey, see, how about the parlor kid? The uh Paler. Yeah, let me unmute my mic. There there. You I, go. I had a, like a every now and then I'll get this like I'm getting over this cold. It's like a little tickle in my throat and I have a coughing fit. Yeah. And I, I don't want to subject you guys to that. I, I'll say this and I'll get a parlor. Or Paler or whatever. Um, I like Clemson's baseball coach. I think he's a winner. I, and and it, maybe it's because I live in the frozen tundra, and I know how hard it is would be to play baseball at Michigan. And they went all yeah. the way to the finals. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'll say this: it, 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 it's going to make Gamecock fans happy because he's an old school, like Jack Leggett, Tim Corbin kind of. You know, he's from that other coaching tree. The Gamecock fans don't like the uh, you know the, the O'Sullivan Corbin uh, that the, the Jack Leggett style um, and uh, Monty of course is back with with where you know where he should be so I I, I think it's going to make the rivalry a little more uh, intense but I, I think I think he's a good coach this is me though but um, yeah. who knows I'd, I'd have to ask Whittle about like their talent I, I know like half of Michigan's team transferred into Clemson so who knows. Um. Uh, Kevin says D one baseball has a And M a six. Yeah, six. I, he's right. I I I missed that. It's uh, it's it's because I was trying to do that quickly. I was trying to figure out who the three teams are that were left out quickly, and I glanced yeah. right over A and M. So I know Kentucky. I know uh, Missouri, Missouri, and um, and I'm trying to figure out who the third team is. But I but I but I. I'm, I'm doing that in my head while you're talking. I'll figure it out. But Mississippi State uh, was not picked oh. very high. By the media, yeah, they've got stayed in as a as a two seed. Bama, State, Auburn, South Carolina, um, those are all the 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 twos, and then there's seven hosts. So I'm I'm missing. I can't figure out who it is here. And it's not Ole Miss, it's not Mississippi State, it's not LSU, it's not Vandy, Arkansas, Georgia. No, Georgia's. There's no way they've left Georgia out of here. Yeah, they did. They left Georgia out. Georgia's the team that's, that's – uh, It's Georgia. The Gamecocks play first. Um, well, that's yeah, Tony Morrell. It's Georgia, Chris, yeah. Crystal ball in for Jonathan Paler from Burlington Cummings. Uh, been to Burlington Cummings before. Um, Dwight Jones was a five-star receiver from there that signed with North Carolina that never really did much, but a uh, 6'5 guy. Uh, this is a part of North Carolina, South Carolina. I don't care who the coach has been. They haven't been successful. Like in that, the Piedmont, what they call the Piedmont, the Triad, Greensboro, Winston Salem. You have know, gotten a few guys out. JT Surratt comes to mind as a the guy they've gotten out of there. Uh, you know, uh, I think Quinn Smith kind of came from there, but th- those were guys with limited offers, were kind of evaluation guys. But that, that's been, it that hadn't been a very kind area. Uh, 
but this staff continues to get guys out of places where you always sort of through the years have gone, well, South Carolina should recruit there better, but they don't. Uh, like like Carrollton, Georgia. Like that's that's West going down I-20 out of Atlanta. Well, for years they didn't recruit there. They had Nick Chubb set up for a visit. He's from that area. And, then, you know, we all heard the story there. It's just for some reason it was a black hole, right? Um, now you see them going and getting guys from those spots. You see them getting a kid from Woodland, a kid from Dorman within the state. Uh, this Piedmont area of North Carolina has been tricky for the Gamecocks through the years. And and really, quite frankly, under Beamer, the whole state's been tricky. Well, here's this kid. Uh, he's going to remind you of a of you know a, a, a more thicker version of a Marion Brown, uh, maybe a Bruce Ellington type, uh, but faster in a straight line than Bruce. Uh, he's a top 100, legit top 100 prospect, 79th nationally per 24/7 Sports, 96th nationally for 24/7 Sports composite. Offer list, Alabama, Clemson, NC State, North Carolina, Tennessee, uh, Georgia, uh, Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State, Texas A&M, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest, Bandy, uh, and then Elon's hanging in there in the bottom of this list. Well, I'm going to tell you this right now. I mean, you know, you continue to recruit the DMV like you're doing, and then you get kids like this kid out of North Carolina. I mean, you know, this is a heck of a way to kind of work your way back in because this kid is a, they call it, I saw some people refer to him as the missile. It's exactly what he is. He's, he can fly. Uh, so you think about that guy uh, coming into your program and, and you get excited. Plus, it's a state you need to do better in. It's an area of, of a state you need to do better in. Uh, he's the number uh, two player in the state of North Carolina. Uh, so this is a legit dude. Um, South Carolina continues to get guys like this from out of state and continues to do what they're doing in state. This program is going to be set up to compete with anybody on the schedule. Uh, I'm going to tell you honestly, right now, rankings aside, you know, I, I think, I think the, the formula is you got to get enough elite talent to get close to the other guys. Um, and it looks like they're, they're well on the way to doing it uh, here with, with this kid and, uh, honestly, if you, if you ask me to take the top five guys in North Carolina right now, uh, I like the kid from Christ school in Arden. I don't love him. Uh, don't really like Ethan Calloway a whole lot. Bryce Young to me is kind of an overrated D lineman. Uh, you know, I'm talking top six in North Carolina. Jaden Davis to me, I thought it was, I think he's hanging on to his, uh, number one ranking because they've ranked him too early as a freshman. Uh, this kid, I'd take him over all of them. I'd take him over all of them. You know, the kid from Arden at linebacker, I kind of like too, but I'd, uh, you know, just watching film of the top six in North Carolina, uh, this dude's legit, totally legit. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, a quick little booger, I would say. Uh, That's, that's, that's for sure. He, let me ask you this though. He, um, is there – they've got him li- listed as an athlete. At South Carolina, he would play where now? He's a receiver for the game, Kosh. Justin Stepp's heading up his recruitment, it, so that's okay. usually So my, my question is, is is he being recruited as a receiver elsewhere, or is it kind of a mixed bag with him? 
No, I think, I think everybody's got him uh, as a as a receiver pretty much. I, I, I think where the athlete part of it comes in, Jamie, is that he takes a lot of handoffs from scrimmage. Gotcha. So, okay. you know, you may classify him as and, – and this would have been – this is kind of the Bruce Ellington part of it because this would have been Bruce coming out of high school as a football player. Uh, you'd probably put Bruce at what's what used to be called all-purpose back. Well, now it's just running back. You know, it's running back period. And if you're something else, then you get put in the athlete category. So that's that's probably where everything's at. But yeah, I mean, like Joe Cox is recruiting for Bama. Uh, Tyler Grisham's recruiting for Clemson. So receivers coach Joker Phillips for NC State. Lonnie Galloway. Well, those are all receivers coaches. So I'm pretty sure everybody wants him, you know, as a wide receiver. But boy, this guy. I mean, shoot, I, you know, I, yeah, he can move. I didn't. I yeah. You know, I, I gotta admit, this is one that I was like, I, it was. I was pleasantly surprised with. You, you just kind of hope that they can hold on and get him and get him committed, and you know he's part of the crew. But uh, you know he he has to be impressed with you know the sixth ranked class for twenty twenty four right now. And you know, like I said, the North Carolina thing was going to turn at some point. Gamecocks are going to get back up there. You know, I'm not convinced anymore that you need five guys from that state if you're recruiting the DMV and everyone, Virginia and everywhere else. But man, oh man, you can sprinkle in like eight to 10 blue chip players uh, from Charlotte and North. Uh, I don't care where they come from, all the way up through Pennsylvania, New Jersey, wherever. You sprinkle those into the talent you get out of the, the, because the, the tier they're recruiting in Georgia now is just right behind Georgia. And we know some of those guys that are right below George's offer board, pretty damn good players. And then you 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 have control of the state. Then you still work the portal, and then you still you know do what you do in the state of Florida, which I think's you know still full of athletes and ballers and guys that love football. There's no there's no reason why you can't put a roster together to compete. Uh, I could care less. Oklahoma, Texas, Southern Cal, the the New York Football Giants, whoever else you want to put in the SEC. Uh, you know, South Carolina can can put it together a roster, in theory, uh, if they recruit like this, um, they can compete. You know, with just about anybody. Uh, they are upgrading talent at an alarming rate, as we mentioned yesterday. It's not even June. June generally is the uh, if you like recruiting, June is your golden ticket to the Shane Beamer era. Yeah, the welcome home. All right, we yeah, got to hit one more break. In a dead period, too. Yeah, yeah. But let's hit this yeah. break. Let's hit this. Break. Let's hit one more break. We're about to wrap it up. We love everybody. <laughs> it's Valentine's Day. We got to love love everybody, right? That's right. That's right. Show the love. Show the love. Here, we'll show a little love to Disney, y'all. Hold on to your hats. Oh, here we go. You to take me to Disney World. Calm down, calm down. JC is here. As y'all know, folks, the family and I have visited Disney World many times, but it can be overwhelming, especially if it's your first time going to the most magical place on earth. I highly recommend wherethisroadleads.com and my friend Cherie, a certified Disney vacation planner. That's right. The mouse has given her permission to book your family vacation hassle-free. You don't know where to go, don't know where to stay, don't know where to eat, don't know what to do. It can be overwhelming. So get on wherethisroadleads.com and schedule your free consultation right now. She can help you out. The prices are very reasonable. You don't pay any extra fees. 
Uh, in fact, she's much more reasonable maybe than booking it straight through Disney. So for your next Disney vacation, or, you know, more likely your first, so you don't panic, go to wherethisroadleads.com and talk to Sheree, certified Disney vacation planner, a partner of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Aventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more. They sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal disc plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey, Mo Kaba here from Carolina Gamecocks. You're listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. Final segment of the show brought to you from the Sinorama Studios, uh, Express Sunrooms being the sponsor for the show, 803-446-4662. It's a bright, sunshiny day out here. It's nice. I can see outside the window. That's Looks beautiful. like, uh, yeah, everything's... It's a little cloud cover here. But it's Quantra- cool. So Quantrail brings up the cover for three podcasts. I can't say much about them because they're CBS, but look, uh, they had their mock uh, opponents... Uh, and had Carolina playing Florida, Georgia, and Missouri. And then they teased Carolina about Missouri being a better program, but having no rivals. And that's a little misinformed. Missouri does have a rival. It's called Kansas, but they don't play. Right. Uh, and Missouri actually ducked them last year because they didn't want to play Kansas. They didn't want to get their ass cut. Uh, I, you know, is Missouri a better program than you know, in South Carolina? I, You know, I – I, I think as far as I think the Missouri job is not as good as South Carolina's. Um, they have more in the trophy case, unfortunately. Uh, those two divisions, um, and they've won the the game four years in a row. Uh, but I, I think that's a to them that's a feather in their cap. South Carolina, it's embarrassing. Um, so I don't I don't know about. You'd really have to dig in on that. I, I do tell you, you talk to any coach in the country, do you want the Missouri job or the South Carolina job? They're taking South Carolina. Um, oh, they te- they tease Carolina about having no rivals. That's just not true. I mean, I, I – Georgia is a border rival. I mean, but, but Georgia's got 17 different rivals because they border so many states. Right. I mean, you talk right. the Bulldogs that live in Augusta, the South Carolina's a big game for them. Um. Yeah. Well, and it's a big game it. for it's a big game for Tennessee. Um, you uh, know, Florida, I, I, Auburn's I, I, Alabama. You know, yeah, I, I I understand when people say things like that. I I just think that they're they're living in this twenty year ago world, and it, it's not. I'm not saying that disrespectfully. What what I'm saying is th- that that was true. Like we collectively at South Carolina, JC did view, although we played Georgia for well, ever. But, you know, once we got into the league, did view Tennessee as a rival, did view Florida as a rival. They did not view South Carolina as a rival. Um, they just didn't. So, because they beat the crap out of them every year. It's not really like the South Carolina, do we view Vandy as a rival? Is Vandy a rival? No. Okay. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a league rival, but it's not a rival. Clemson is a rival to South Carolina, right? Georgia is a rival. Let me ask you this one. 
I, I, I think the case can best be made for both sides. Kentucky. I think Kentucky has turned into a rivalry for the Gamecocks in this league, in football. football. Well, and, and if they went with one permanent opponent, Jamie, the uh, you're not really going to – I mean, Kentucky's the only uh, only really like option because the league is trying to force this Arkansas-Missouri red line thing uh, as a rivalry. You got A&M and LSU, which is technically a rivalry from back in the day. And then, you know, things like the Egg Bowl, Iron Bowl, Florida, Georgia, Oklahoma, Texas, they're going to play those. Uh, those are big money games for TV. So, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, and, and Quantrill wants me to go on that podcast. I'm not going on there and arguing with freaking Bud Elliott and Danny Cannell. I mean, we, we all know that, you know, they do a really good job and, and they're good people. But, but you know, they're, they're Florida State people. And they're just happy that they're coming back to relevance. I mean, that's the bottom line. That's where all this comes from, you know. Uh, and they don't like the, the SEC teams that aren't. Alabama or Georgia kind of like being in the SEC. I mean, I understand. I understand uh, completely. But, no, I'm never I, – I, Quantra, I don't want to go on there. I, I'm just not – at this point Quant- in my career, man, I'm just uh, – I'm not fighting that fight. Do both uh, teams look at it and think it's a rival? I mean, I don't – Yeah. I don't look at it that way. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's – it's it, it, they, they are misinformed about South Carolina. But a lot of people are. You know, yeah. not everybody can be Josh Pate and Michael Bratton. You know, yeah, those guys uh, are elite. There's no doubt. Those guys are we elite. Do play them for a trophy. Well, I mean, Carolina plays A and M for a trophy too. Yeah, I'd like. I would actually would not mind, dude. Look, sign me up tomorrow if South Carolina's three permanent opponents are Kentucky, Mississippi State, and Missouri. Kentucky, Mississippi right? State, yeah. and Missouri. Sign me up, even because Georgia's still see the, the way it's going to go. You're still going to play everybody every other year. I mean, right. it's not like you're going to miss not Georgia for 15 years. I mean, you still got to play everybody every year. So, I don't know. It's just one of those things. I did want to answer this. Uh, Greg has a good question. Who was the underrated slot receiver that played with Robert Brooks? I think it's either Carl Platt or Eddie Miller. Which one? Do, we, do you guys remember? Back in the, well, in the late 80s when Robert Brooks played? Well, I thought slot receiver. Yeah, I agree there with Clint. I thought he was maybe talking about Ryan Bethay, but Ryan Bethay, yeah. <laughs> but Bethay was a bigger receiver, and remember, Bethay didn't come back after. Like, remember, he got kicked off or something after '87 when Sterling left. Yeah, so I, I think it was either Eddie Miller or Carl Platt. Hmm. Just, uh, just that, that, that. That's my best guess, Greg. Eddie Miller was a track guy. He was really fast too. So, yeah, he was. That was the deal there. Um, hmm. What we got up coming up tomorrow on Wednesday is David Cloninger coming in here tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, we've been back and forth, but um, yeah, assuming that Coach Staley keeps her three o'clock firm, uh, <laughs> doesn't move that up to midday, we'll have David Cloninger tomorrow and, at twelve uh, twenty. Are we going to have the the dulcet tones of Mike Morgan join us tomorrow? Nope. We... We're scheduled to have Mike Morgan join us tomorrow as well. I got to call him here when I get off the air and and fuss yeah. a couple of other things. Text him because yeah. I was texting with him earlier about another about our about the JC and Morgan podcast. Okay. Just uh because he's got the game tonight in Columbia. No, he he does. we do can, know he'll, he'll be in Columbia tonight, six thirty yeah. if Morgan. you want to listen to Mike Morgan. Game yeah. cut basketball. Yeah. That'll be fun. The golden tones. The yeah you can't go wrong tonight. You got Mike on TV and Derek on radio and they're both so much so. better than it used to be. <laughs> so much better than it used to be. Yeah. 
Nothing against Andy Demetra, but so much better than he used to Derek is a pro. There's no doubt Derek about it. Derek does a hell of a job, man. I enjoy listening to him. And uh, and, uh, and like I said, I've said many times, I, I like listening to Todd now too because it's it's just not as important as it used to be. I think I think it's good to have entertainment uh, with that because, you know, whereas we all grew up listening to Bob Fulton and Larry Munson, those guys are gone. I mean, there's nobody like that anymore. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would rather just have somebody funny. Ryan, oh, I, be, best of luck to you, my man. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You're here on Valentine's Day. Happy. Here are the other other toes now, guys. Way to go, Ryan. Love the one, brother. Say that every Valentine's Day. Love the one you with. Love the one yeah. you with. I like that. I may yeah, listen my, to that song. My Valentines are uh, about to turn four years old. They couldn't wait this morning to. Give me, give me chocolate. Okay. <laughs> okay. How I many, you know, of course, always oh, little there. candies that say be mine. Mm. Candies taste like chalk. I like the conversation. Are we not conversation heart guys? Do y'all like those? <laughs> Eating the chalk yeah, dust. I, I like I it. Don't. <laughs> I know a friend of mine would have probably crushed it up and snorted it back in college. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I gotta figure that out. I think I'm getting a pound of crab legs. I don't know. All right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the time. A little bit back we'll look, looking forward to that. If, if we have Mike Morgan and Cloninger on tomorrow, that's going to be a hell of a show. So looking forward to that one. Thanks to Monty Lee for joining us. That was great. Yeah. If you missed that, mm-hmm. make sure you go back and check it out. Really good stuff, as always. See you tomorrow, yeah. right? 11 a.m. 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. Eastern, JC. Don't forget it. The show. All right, see you guys.